0: Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Linfon, and welcome to Nest Talk, the most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Today we have a great show ahead of you, but I do want to start off by saying our condolences are with the Bush family today, as today is the National Day of Mourning for President George H.W. Bush, who recently passed away. Today is Wednesday, December 5th, 2018. This is being recorded at approximately 11.30 in the morning. The first thing I want to talk about with the Baltimore Ravens, of course, is is the game against the Atlanta Falcons and how that played out for the Ravens. Um, overall, it was a pretty good game, I would say, um, because the Ravens won, but they did have some struggles specifically on the offensive side of the ball. Um, when you look at the game, you see see a 26-16 to 16 victory, and that looks good, but in reality, the Ravens offense can only score one uh, touchdown the entire game, and the field goals... They had to rely on four field goals to up their points and a defensive touchdown to seal the game late in the fourth quarter. Um, The Ravens' defense did a very good job at holding the Falcons from doing very much at all. Um, The Atlanta Falcons could barely move the ball all game. You see players like um, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Mohamed Sanu. They didn't do a whole lot. And it was really an interesting game to watch, just to see how the offense versus defense, uh, Falcons offense versus Ravens defense, that is, unfold. The Falcons offense was, of course, struggling coming into this game, not doing a whole lot with the weapons they have. You know, Matt Ryan is a good quarterback, depending on who you ask. Um, But they also have some very good receivers, and there's no question about, you know, Julio Jones being one of the top receivers in the league. Calvin Ridley is on his way, and of course, um, everybody everybody likes Mohammed Sanu. He, he could be a definite number one receiver on a lot of teams, but he's a number two next to Julio Jones, and it's just a phenomenal group, but they couldn't get a whole lot done against the Ravens' uh, defense. You have players like Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey who balled out all game, uh, def- deflecting passes, doing a whole lot. Marlon Humphrey especially did very well uh, when he was paired up with any receiver, really. He was breaking up passes and, and, and doing some very nice coverage. Um, Jimmy Smith did very well as well. Uh, very well as well. Um, he got paired up with with Julio Jones for most of the game, and of course Brandon Carr did well. Um, there really wasn't a whole lot of drama in the secondary, and then of course the fumble that came late. Um, Tavon Young picked that up after Peanut Anwaso, uh took the fumble out of uh, took the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands, and Peanut I'm sorry Tavon Young picked it up and ran it into the end zone for a touchdown. Um, but when looking at the offensive side of the ball for the Ravens again, uh, the struggles were there. Early on, they scored on the first drive a touchdown, and that would be the last touchdown they scored for the entire game. Um, not a very great performance by the offense, who, who struggled really and played slovely throughout. I think that the fumbles really hurt the offensive a lot. Uh, Lamar Jackson fumbled it three times, um, and Kenneth Dixon another. Uh, there were some drops, uh, no, most notably by Willie Sneed and Michael Crabtree. You know, you can't dro- be dropping the balls. That's going to be an issue, um, especially when you're playing against a team that could light it up in any moment. Luckily, the Ravens held the, the Falcons not to, uh, to, to, to just a couple touchdowns, um, or one touchdown, I think, and a couple field goals, um, if you don't count the, the fumble recovery, which we'll get in a second. Um, but the fumble recovery... By the Falcons, gave them the touchdown. They run it back into the end zone uh, to go up ten to seven. And you know the fumbles really hurt the Ravens a lot. A lot of sloppy mistakes by rookie quarterback Lamar Jackson. Of course, other players had mistakes, like Kenneth Dixon fumbled and the few drops. But overall, I wouldn't say Lamar Jackson's performance was very good. Um, you know, you have some of these players to come in here and help, um, and Lamar Jackson just can't get the ball to them. Like John Brown, he is always missing John Brown. John Brown was wide open on a deep play um, early on in the game. I think it was the second quarter, if I remember correctly, and he flat out misses him on the post route. That would have been a touchdown. There was no way anybody could have caught up to John Brown, but he missed him on the deep route. Uh, he's mis- misses receivers throughout the game, makes some questionable decisions. I don't believe he threw an interception, but of course the three fumbles, including one run b- ran back for a touchdown, um, don't really help um, Lamar Jackson's case. A whole lot. Other than that, the Ravens' offense played well on the ground. Um, they held, they ran for like over 200 yards on the ground, held the time of possession for over 38 minutes, I think it was, 39 minutes, somewhere in there. Um, overall, a great performance by the Ravens' ground game, but again, they just couldn't... Um, they were just a little bit sloppy. They couldn't finish drives. They had to take field goals instead of touchdowns, and that was ultimately a very bad thing for the Ravens because you know this game could have been 27 points Uh, scored offensively plus a defensive touchdown, or maybe even 30 points scored offensively based on, you know, what they were doing, but they couldn't, they just couldn't punch it in the end zone, they kept hindering themselves, they kept missing opportunities, and that's of course, I think what makes the offense the most sloppy, or made them, you know, the most sloppy that they could have been um, against the Falcons Um, No other turnovers aside from the one fumble that got returned for a touchdown, though. The Ravens did pick up the other three fumbles, um, but it did hinder the drives and kind of cut them short. But overall, I would say this is an okay performance by the Ravens offense and a great performance by the Ravens defense for an overall good performance by the Ravens in total. I think that the Ravens offense, if they can just punch in um, when they get down near the goal line, That'll be a great, great um, improvement for them. And then, of course, that's very valuable to get touchdowns instead of field goals, especially when you're going to play tougher teams down the stretch here with just four games to go. Um, And with these four games to go, we want to talk about where the Ravens are in the playoff position at this point. Um, The two main... Well, there's really three uh, games that helped the Ravens, but we're going to talk about two first and talk about the last one uh, at, at the end of this segment. But the Ravens obviously beat the, the Atlanta Falcons um, in Atlanta, and that was a huge victory for Baltimore. It increases their playoff chances dramatically. Now it's 7-5. and five. You just need three more games, and you're basically in at a 10 wins. I don't think there's any other AFC team that's going to be able to overtake the Ravens with 10 wins if they got to that point. Um, the closest competitor is the Colts who now have six losses because they lost to Jacksonville six to zero in remarkable fashion that this game after after everything the Colts offense was doing with Andrew luck they couldn't do anything against uh, Jacksonville and they ended up losing this game to a team that was on a seven game losing streak. Uh, now is not on that losing streak anymore. They they break that with the win, but this is tremendous for the Ravens because the Colts were the chief competitor for the wild card spot. They were tied at six and five going into the week. Now coming out of the week, uh, the Ravens are seven and five, and the Colts are six and six with four games to go. Um, it's going to be a nail biter. But I mean, this is huge. Obviously, um, the Colts don't have a super easy schedule ahead. They still have to play the Texans. Um and, and the Cowboys who are two winning teams. They didn't beat any winning teams in their five game stretch to to kind of put themselves back in playoff contention after starting one and five. Um we'll have to see how this plays out. But after um after those games were concluded, uh not a whole lot else was done for the Ravens, uh in the afternoon games. Uh the the, the Houston Texans beat the Cleveland Browns, but obviously the Cleveland Browns weren't gonna do a whole lot in the division or the wild card race at this point. Um the Titans beat. Um, I think they played the Jets. Yeah, they played the Jets. The Jets had a lead, I think, late in the game, but the Titans overtook it and came back and won. Uh, the Bills couldn't beat the, the Miami Dolphins, which would have been a tremendous um, help for the Ravens, but couldn't couldn't beat the uh, Dolphins on a last second play. Charles Clay dropped the ball in the end zone, which would have been a touchdown to win the game, but of course they couldn't they couldn't pull it off and get the win to you know assist the Ravens. But that's all fine, and Dandy, because the Ravens also saw the Pittsburgh Steelers lose on Sunday night football to the Los Angeles Chargers. Now the Chargers will be competing for a wildcard spot with the Ravens down the stretch here. But two, you know, both of them can get a wildcard spot and everything will be okay. The Chargers are now nine and three, I believe. The Steelers fall the seven, four, and one. The Ravens Steelers are a half game away from each other in the race for the AFC North Crown. The Steelers still have to face um, the New Orleans Saints, and the the, the uh, New England Patriots, two teams that are going to be very tough to beat for Pittsburgh. Uh, the Ravens still have to play the Chargers and Chiefs, but if they can upset one of those teams and beat the, beat the teams they're supposed to in the Browns and uh, the Buccaneers, and this division is very, very much in play for the Ravens, and I think they could possibly win it. Um, now, overall, make the playoffs pr- projection. Um, 538 has... Uh, the Ravens at 65% chance to make the playoffs and the New York Times has Baltimore at a 67% chance to make the playoffs so we'll have to see how that plays out down the stretch um they're not super generous when it comes to um the, the race for the division crown. I think five thirty eight had us around twenty-five percent. I checked last night, but I didn't have I don't have the numbers with me now. And the New York Times around like thirty two percent or somewhere in between, you know, give or take five on both of those. Not super generous, but of course it's a major ups, upgrade from what it was last week, which was like five percent. So the Ravens do have a chance in the division and they have a very good shot at making the wild card at this point, especially with the way the rest of the AFC is playing out, because it's not a very good conference this year. Uh there's some really good teams uh and then there's like the Ravens and then there's a whole bunch of teams that are mediocre. So we'll have to see how this plays out. Um, but I do think they have a very good chance to make the playoffs. I do want to talk a little bit about a couple players, um, who I think stood out in the Falcons game that deserve some respect here. Uh the first one would be Marlon Humphrey. I talked about him a little bit earlier, but I wanna say that he is developing quickly into one of the best cornerbacks in the league. I think two years from now he could be the best cornerback in the league, undisputed um you know, across the board, everybody's you know agree on that. Uh, and what makes him so special is his ability to 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 play close defense and break up the balls. He's always going to sit down um, with these receivers and make sure that they can't do a whole lot to beat him. He's fast. He's going to get to them. He's not going to leave them be. Um, you saw on Sunday, he made a lot of great plays. He is definitely Baltimore's number one cornerback. It's not even close right now. And I think he's going to quickly develop into a Pro Bowl caliber i mean he could make the pro bowl this year if if you know that you know the fans vote him in and of course some other voters vote him in as well um so we will have to see how that plays out um but i do think he'll make the pro bowl next year at least and he'll be considered um by 2020 the best cornerback in the league hands down next year he'll be a top five 2020 he'll be a top he'll be the top cornerback um, which is very exciting for the Ravens, who kind of want to move on from Jimmy Smith at this point, who's been injury and suspension-prone uh, for the Ravens, you know, since being drafted in 2011 in the first round, I believe it was. Yes, the first round. Okay, so the other two players I want to talk about are Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. Obviously, it's not an episode of Nest Talk if we don't talk about these two. Um, Joe Flacco will probably be held. I mean, I don't know the inside information here, but from what I understand... On the situation, it looks like he'll probably be healthy enough to come back to play Kansas City. But the question is now: Do you bench Lamar Jackson to put Joe Flacco in? And I want to address in an unbiased way what both of these quarterbacks bring to the table, and which I think would make the best decision. Um, and maybe you know some other alternatives that the Ravens can do to ensure that both these quarterbacks you know are aiding the team in the hunt for the playoffs late in the year. So let's start with Lamar Jackson, the rookie out of Louisville, the former Heisman Trophy winner. Um, Obviously, he brings a lot to the run game. He's a very fast player. He's an option quarterback. He can run all over defenses, and he can't be stopped. That's something he's very good at doing. Um, And he also brings the time of possession back into the game, um, you know, because the Ravens are going to continue to run over and over and over again and hold uh, offenses off the field. This could work very well against the the Kansas City Chiefs, who... um, who are a very good offense, but if they don't have the ha- ball in the hands, how are they going to be able to 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 do this um, to 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 outscore the Ravens? But of course, that also relies on the defense. You know, the defense has to stop them. If the Ravens' offense under Lamar Jackson isn't scoring touchdowns at a very high rate or any rate at, at you know at, at anything here, um, if they're scoring one touchdown a game and three or four field goals, it's going to be very difficult for them to win the game. If if you know, the Kansas City Chiefs score two or three touchdowns, and the game's basically over. So, so you know, it might come back to bite them that they don't have, that you know, a lot of possessions, they don't score quickly um, against this team. Um, Lamar Jackson also, though, does open up the run game for Gus Edwards, although I do think Gus Edwards alone can still carry the rock. I think Gus Edwards and, and Lamar Jackson are the best fit for the two of those players on the field, if they're both on the field, they're the best fit together. Um... And he also brings excitement to the Ravens' offense. Lamar Jackson, obviously, a lot of people want to see him play. He's an exciting player to watch. Uh, what's he going to do? We don't. We don't always know. So we'll have to see how it plays out with him uh, moving forward. But there are arguments for Joe Flacco, the veteran, to return. Obviously, Super Bowl MVP. He's been in these situations before. He's beat Kansas City at Arrowhead before. He knows what to do. He knows how to attack a weak defense like Kansas City. He can throw the ball. He averages way more yards in the air than Lamar Jackson. Um, And if you pair him with, I think, Gus Edwards, who can carry the rock on his own without Lamar Jackson, I think Joe Flacco will be overall more effective in the pass game with that run game behind him. It opens up the play action, which wasn't there earlier in the year with Alex Collins not doing a whole lot for the Ravens and some other other plays that they can do, you know, some draw plays and other things. Just the overall running game, getting that going will be uh, beneficial for the Ravens offense with Flacco at the helm. Uh, Flacco obviously is the is the better passer. Um, he there's no comparison. I think uh, tight spiral, much more accurate deep shot. It brings back wide receivers who have been kind of absent with the, with the Lamar Jackson show. Um, and you know, John Brown, uh, Michael Crabtree has gotten some action. Probably the, the his, his Lamar Jackson's favorite target is is uh, Crabtree. But you know. Um, Willie Sneed is in and out, basically. It, it, it's, it's, but John Brown has not really been doing a whole lot under Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson can't hit that deep threat ability. Um, comparing the two, I still think Joe Flacco would be make the most sense at this point in time for the Baltimore Ravens, but that doesn't mean you have to take Lamar Jackson out completely. I kind of want to see Lamar Jackson lined up as a, a a a running back actually, and have him take some handoffs as a running back, and maybe throw the ball running back or run it. I mean, it would make a really interesting offense to watch. Um, obviously, he's not a running back. You just have to line him up there for a, a few plays, not the whole darn game, you know, and see what he does. And then it would confuse defenses. He can go on a rollout and and throw the ball. You know, I mean, you could do some wacky plays with this, do some really wacky wildcat stuff, and then you can pull Joe Flacco at certain points too, and say you know, we, we want to run the, run the ball out in the second half, right? Well, then just put Lamar Jackson and give Joe Flacco the break. Or, you know, certain packages, just take Joe Flacco out, give him a few minutes to rest while Lamar Jackson runs a few, you know, read option plays. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that using two quarterbacks. Ohio State did that a few years ago, was successful with it. Um, but they eventually, you know, went back to JT Barrett full-time. You know, Cardell Jones wasn't really doing a whole lot for him. I think that it might make sense to play both. Um, But if they're not going to play both, I think Joe Flacco should get the start. Even if they do play both, I think Joe Flacco should get the majority of the time. Uh, He's the best fit for the Ravens right now in terms of getting the ball down the field and in terms of being a potential contender in the playoffs. Joe Flacco is your guy. Okay, so with the Chiefs game upcoming, you know, the question about Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson, we're going to put that all aside and talk about three key matchups for, these two, for for the Ravens to win the game. If they win these three matchups, I think they win the game. Um, and the first will be Travis Kelsey versus the entire Ravens defense. Who's going to cover them? The Ravens obviously have a problem covering tight ends. It was shown last week, the week before that, the week before that, last season. Every, I mean, it's, it's on and on with the Ravens and tight ends. They have a very difficult time covering them. Um, who's going to cover Travis Kelsey? I have no idea. I mean, C.J. Mosley might be able to, but I kind of think he won't be able to. You could put two guys on him maybe – bring Chuck Clark or, you know, Tony Jefferson, whoever's playing safety down um, and, and do that. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see how, how the Ravens address it. But someone's got to cover Travis Kelsey and someone's got to do it right. That's what I think has to happen for the Ravens, um, one key matchup. Another key matchup is going to be Marlon Humphrey versus Tyree Kill. I think the Ravens are going to put Marlon Humphrey on Tyree Kill. He's the Chiefs' best receiver. He's fast. He can get down the field. And Marlon Humphrey should be able to keep up with him. Um, it's not going to be a very pretty game. I think Marlon Humphrey will give up a few plays to Tyreek Hill, who will just burn deep because he's a very fast runner. But I think Marlon Humphrey will also be able to keep up with him on certain plays, make some pass breakups, and you know, kind of keep him to a more neutralized um, effect for the Chiefs and not you know let him run all over the Ravens' defense. And finally, the Ravens' front seven versus Spencer Ware. Obviously, the whole incident with Kareem Hunt is absolutely crazy uh doesn't deserve to be on the on the team at this point he lied to them bit about what he did uh with this domestic violence dispute um but the ravens going to have to address Spencer Ware who is going to get the bulk of the carries now um but i think the 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 chiefs may move to a more passing uh you know more passing attack here but you know without cream hunt it does take away that run game from um the rookie quarterback i'm sorry not rookie quarterback i keep thinking he's a rookie quarterback Patrick Mahomes, second-year quarterback, didn't start last year. Um, it's going to take away that underlying run game to keep the engine moving, um, and we'll have to see how it plays out for him. But I think Spencer Ware, obviously, is going to get the bulk of the carries. And if the Ravens front seven can stop him, then they're going to do very well. Okay, that's it for today. Not a whole lot uh, on the show today, but I think we covered everything, basically. Uh, you can follow Nest Talk at Nest Talk on Twitter or Baltimore Feather at Be More Feather on Twitter or just find us on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Linfont. Uh, I hope you all have a great day and the rest of your week, and I hope the Ravens beat the uh, Chiefs on Sunday, although it's going to be a very difficult game for them to do so. Uh, I'm Chris Font signing out for Nest Talk. Have a great week, everybody.